Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Forbes-Ista, and we have our wonderful guest, Brian Solis, joining us today. Brian, welcome. Well, hello, hello, and hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. It is such a treat to have you here. I know I met you years ago when I was working in the social strategy space, and I really enjoyed following where your progression over the last 10 years and where this whole space has evolved. And it really, for those of you listening, social strategy is really about, you know, where where we were working before is still the same. It's how do you integrate social technologies into organizations and into our lives to really help us have better reach and better touch and better relationships so that things move more smoothly. And that's just evolved so enormously and thanks to digital. And so where we're at now, it's been amazing to see sort of this progression and that it's been quite parallel. Brian recently launched something called the Digital, let me just make sure I get this right, the Digital Change Agents Manifesto. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Brian? Yeah, it's a little bit of a departure from my, my previous research. Over the last several years, I've, I've concentrated my work on studying digital transformation, corporate innovation. I've looked at things uh, along the lines of experience design and innovation design, and Along the way, there was just this constant theme. Every time I was interviewing executives, I felt like I was less of an analyst and more of a therapist. I was talking to uh, individuals and it was almost as if, hey, now that we're alone, let me tell you what's really happening behind the scenes. I am pulling my hair out. I'm bashing my head against the wall. Nobody understands the change. There's no sense of urgency. People have too many egos. The politics, the demographics, uh, or, you know, the older demographics don't want to understand the younger demographics. Just everything in it and anything would, would come out during these interviews. And I, I realized that, gosh, you know, years and years after and, and hundreds of interviews later, you realize there is a story here about change that isn't being told. We, we just keep focusing on the Apples and the Teslas and the Netflixes and the, and the Amazons of the world. But we're not looking at the story behind the story, which are the people that are leading digital transformation or leading innovation. And I wanted to tell their story. And more so, I wanted other people who are facing the same challenges to understand that they're not alone and that there are ways to get around this, but it isn't by pushing a digital agenda. It's also by understanding how to work with people when there is a general reluctance to change itself. So true. So true. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've really appreciated about your work, Brian, that really is similar to my approach is that it's about sort of the behavior and the people behind it and sort of the humanity behind it. I mean, I think that's why I sort of took a uh, veered a little to the side um, because I was looking at why were people reacting? What was this relationship with technology that was really inhibiting the ability to really take advantage of it and to make use of it in when it's rapidly changing? Do you have any particular stories that really pop up for you that triggered that shift from or into this space of looking at supporting the leaders and bringing out their stories? Well, you know, I think one of the stories that I w would tell is, is, well, there's a couple and there's, they're more behind the scenes stories is that the interesting thing about it was every time I hung up the phone or I left a meeting, I always wondered, would I, would that person 
still be in this company the next time I talk to them. And when we finished the report, it was really uh, surprising and also not surprising. I think the number was something like 60% of the people that I had interviewed specifically for this report, I had to update right before publishing that they had left. <laughs> so it's, it's almost like putting, no, it wasn't almost, it was formally of XYZ company. Uh, and it was sort of symbolic uh, in that, you know, if you're an executive of a large brand or any company, really, and you are facing digital Darwinism like most, you've got champions within your organization that are on the cusp of just giving up. And they're also, I don't want to use the word saviors, but I mean, they're, they're the heroes who can help save your business. And they're being, they feel like they can't make headway and they're, they're pushing out. And that story was really consistent. Another one that I thought was interesting, too, was that almost, I was just a few people were uh, courageous enough to allow me to, to directly quote them in the report. Everybody else wanted to remain anonymous. And I understand that. Uh, you know, nobody wanted to uh, really show that they were speaking out, you know, that there were really challenges behind the scenes. But I, I just thought those two, those two elements were, made that report even more human uh, and, and it really inspired me, too, to try to accelerate this report. Unfortunately, it took several years to put together. And uh, right the night before its first, the first time it was going to publish, I was, uh, I'd rewrite it uh, because there, was, there were some voices on my side that felt that, you know, maybe we want to change the tenor of this. We want to make it a little bit more optimistic and positive rather than telling the sort of bleaker story of what's happening. And and it was the right call to make. So we ended up rewriting it. So just some human stories behind the scenes for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, but I'm curious, I mean, as a researcher, do you feel like you're asking them those questions um, might have influenced their leaving in more that they sort of realized, wow, this is, there's something not right here and I'm not happy. Or was it more that they, the organization forced them to change out? Well, I think it's all of the above. I, the one thing that I had found, and and it was it was right in front of me the whole time, and it 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 wasn't until I started to rewrite the report the last time that I really connected the dots. Is that just because you know, and and you and I are in the same boat. We were we were on the left side of the bell curve that we you know, we used to run up around in the same circles as as all of this was manifesting many 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 years ago. Uh, is that we're so passionate about this and we get it and we see it and we're leading the way and we're blazing trails and we just sort of have this assumption that everybody else is going to want to follow because this is obviously the right thing to do. And it dawned on me during, during this research that the one thing that I don't, I won't say you, but the one thing that me and everybody else within that I've, that I've researched uh, or that I interviewed for this report, the one thing that we lacked was sort of this, this experience and mastery of change management skills. It's, it was, they weren't necessarily going hand in hand. And I think when people get frustrated and people want to quit and they want to give up is that they, they haven't successfully connected the dots between what they see and what others don't and how everybody could go in the, in the right direction together in ways that benefit everyone uh, and not be so scary or you know, forced upon someone else or that someone's right and someone's wrong. That there's, there was just these elements of change management that I had missed all along. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. I think that it's really underappreciated how you know, the challenges of change management and how much that goes into, you know, it's one thing to be excited and an advocate in an organization. It's another to actually create that shift. Really, you need sort of that leader that 
the change management leader that has a bunch of these supporters that are the passionate ones that totally get it, that are willing to go out there and make that change happen. But they need someone to lead them through that process. And I think a lot of organizations are just not well equipped for that. So I appreciate you're bringing that out. I think it's really, really important. I think it's very exciting too that, you know, what, what has been the response? I mean, have you, you know, have you gotten some good reaction to the book or any, or any backlash? No, no backlash, backlash yet. And I'm knocking on wood as I say that. I, I think it, it caught a lot of people by surprise in a good way. And I was on a flight to India. Uh, I think it was about a 30 hour flight when this thing published. And I remember landing in Dubai. I had a, a, a few hours uh, in between flights. And I was really surprised to see people taking to their personal blogs uh, and to their personal social media, you know, to, to, to express their gratitude for someone finally understanding and, and telling the story that they couldn't put words to or that they were afraid to tell. Uh, and, you know, I, I just come off of uh, about four or five weeks prior publishing the State of Digital Transformation, which is also a really good report. But you know, that thing is rich with incredible jaw-dropping stats. And that kind of report gets a lot of press, which I'm thankful for. But I was surprised to see this one actually, within the first week, get as many downloads as that report had had in several weeks. Uh, and so I think the reaction, you know, I, I feel very encouraged by it. In fact, I'm so encouraged by it that I'm delaying work on my next research report to uh, continue to push this out because this, in hindsight, now I, I feel like this might have might be my most important work in a while. I would absolutely support that. I, I think that not to downplay your other work because that has also been really amazing, and I, I particularly love your approach to delivery of content and reports. So, for those of you listening, I highly recommend you looking up Brian's work, and we'll have links to it on the show notes. But he uses a lot of visuals to explain. And I think that's really important because it's very complex. It sounds so simple, but it's really not. There's so much more to it. And I think that this is really where we're shifting. There's the way that we work is changing. And if we don't embrace that and learn how to evolve with it, we're really going to get ourselves caught in a big pickle. And, and you know, as you talk about digital Darwinism, I've been talking a lot about if we don't evolve, we get left behind. It's really sort of where we're at. And we need to get, you know, sink our feet in and get comfortable with that and then learn how to, to you know, what does this mean for us? So I... Yeah, well said. Yeah, I really, really appreciate what you're doing. This episode is being brought to you by Zero to Launch in 14 Days, the premier podcast training course for anyone wanting to get their message out to the world in a bigger way. Podcasting is growing by leaps and bounds, and for a good reason. It's the one medium left to the individual, the independent, and the soloist. You don't need a big team, or any team at all for that matter, and you can jump right in there next to NPR, Tony Robbins, and every other well-known name to be included in the mix. This easy-to-podcast course was created by my mentor, Michael Neely. And the fact that you're listening to me right now is proof he knows what he's doing. Go to www.michaelneely.com or click on the link in my show notes to sign up for a podcast launch breakthrough session so you can learn how to get your own show up and running with minimal investment and maximal ease. 
In this personal breakthrough session with Michael, he'll answer your questions and give you direction on proven techniques for creating, growing, and monetizing a successful podcast. Don't wait any longer. Sign up for your free call today and see how the Zero to Launch in 14 Days program can help you get your message heard. So you're you're going to go out and, and, and grow this movement, really, is what it is. Is that what you're saying? Instead of hunkering back down and doing another report right away? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the middle of, uh, well, two, corporate innovation, another another update on corporate innovation, and also sort of this idea of the state, the state of retail. And, you know, we're seeing retail Armageddon and all of these conversations about Amazon. Yeah, I think, what are they, $4 of every $10 spent online now, which is incredible. And I had some very candid interviews with executives of traditional retail establishments, also, you know, what we could call modern commerce brands. And there's another interesting story behind the scenes that I decided to latch on to instead of looking at AR, VR, beacons, you know, all the Internet of Things. I decided to hear about how people are, are working on trying to bring about some real, real honest-to-goodness retail innovation. So I'm in the throes of that one, but I am going to press pause and really push out this change agents report uh, and more so maybe turn it into something else, uh, uh, some kind of platform, maybe Maybe a book. Uh, I'm not sure yet, uh, but it's all just all spinning around my head right now because it turned out to be the thing that I feel is a, it's a topic that's largely not in the public spotlight. It's, it's definitely things that happen behind the scenes. I'll, I'll give you an example. There are a lot of a lot of private organizations uh, or membership organizations that brands and specifically executives trying to lead the change, whether it's CX, whether it's digital transformation, whether it's you know, any, any aspect of, of pushing the company forward, specifically around digital. There's a lot of these groups that people belong to. They, you know, they spend thousands of dollars a year so that they can meet in private. Uh, and hear from other companies, ask questions, be honest, and and all any, anything that takes place within these sessions, they're completely secret and private and, and and intentionally so. And those those conversations happen outside of you know the norm. You know, we all go to these conferences, we all read these articles, we all read these case studies and books, and we don't get this story. And I think it's important that this story sees the light of day. And, and you know, I, I, I think that there was some initial concern that because everybody wanted to stay anonymous, that it would challenge the integrity of the research and people might not take it as seriously. But, you know, I, I, I decided to push forward with it because at the end of the day, they are the real world, the real words of real people and real companies. And I, I, I might even follow it up with another report or book, you know, in 2018 or 19. Well, I personally hope you do because I think that there's, you know, it's something that people want to learn more about and, and just understanding people's stories really helps put it into context so that people can put these things into practice and also not feel so alone. I think people, you know, in the work that I've been doing, you know, I think it's, it's been really helpful for people to recognize that they're not alone in either their anxiety or in their bad behaviors around, you know, sort of hoarding or addiction and how that's impacting their business, that they need to really look at their own behaviors and be more self-aware, but also that change is possible by looking at example. And if you don't hear about those examples, it's really hard to see that. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of the things that I, I felt that was very interesting is that there were four there are four different types of change agents that I had found. Uh, you know, there was those who were very passionate about 
technology. There were those who saw themselves as escalating that passion into a full change management type of leadership role where they could work directly with the C-suite on implementing change enterprise-wide. There were those who felt that their their work was bigger than their role, but they felt like, so for example, with customer experience, that if you're in marketing or if you're in support or if you're in data, uh, that there had to be some cross-functional work group that anybody, for example, that was customer facing, that they would be the champion to bring people together and started to work cross-functionally in ways that gave consistent, deliberate uh, intuitive experience across the journey. Uh, so, so it's just fascinating how many uh, different types of individuals would 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 grow into these types of roles that they didn't necessarily see them or, or having to see themselves do when they were initially hired for whatever they were doing or that they transitioned to whatever they were doing. I think also many were sort of initially reluctant to step beyond their role for a lot of reasons, you know, fear or uh, people around them that, uh, you know, the constant challenges were ego, self-doubt, sabotage uh, from other individuals. I think consistently what I had found is that people became sort of multiple personalities or personas in their work, that they were data storytellers, that they could take data and translate it into ways that would, were, were compelling to other people instead of threatening or ominous, that they were champions or cheerleaders to get people sort of riled up and excited about this change, that they were networkers or politicians in a sense that they were able to bring people together in ways that were that, that felt as if it was the right thing to do. It's fascinating to me that, that individuals didn't realize that they were taking on these different things or that they were learning to speak the language of the C-suite and not just their own language of digital this and digital that. And they sort of mature with maybe subconsciously or maybe without knowing, it's like the, the, the frog in boiling water story that we hear about so much, that they sort of mature into these full-blown leaders uh, that, you know, can and will probably will be tomorrow's CMOs and CEOs uh, of organizations simply because they were able to bring an organization together around a common vision for what the future looks like or could be. I think uh, you you described that so well, and it's funny, as you were speaking, it sort of reminded me of both you and I have talked about sort of being an introvert and sort of the geek that all of a sudden you realize that you're sort of the reluctant hero. You've got to get out there and get comfortable in your own skin, being on a stage, speaking to large audiences and being the center of attention in order to get the story out and in, and how to get that technical story into a story that's understood by the people that really need the information and need that transformation. And I think that maybe there's some space there also to figure out how to teach people that process because it wasn't that long ago that we had the technology crew were sort of locked away in some funny part of the building and they didn't really interact with anybody else in the organization because they spoke a different language. And now we're all having to speak that language. And so there needs to be some translation so that we can evolve together. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I'm really excited about your work and I can't wait to see where you take it. And how can we support you in this? I'm going to call it a movement because I think that this is really something that needs to happen. And I think you're perfect for leading it, whether you are the leader and then we find a bunch of other people that are passionate about it to, to follow you. But how can we support you to really help digital change agents take on this work? Well, I really appreciate that offer. I, I think if you, one of the easiest ways to support me is just to, you know, look up the state of digital transformation, the change agents manifesto, uh, the six stages of digital transformation, the opposite 
report, uh, which is a report based on best practices to expedite or accelerate digital customer experience work. They're all free. So if you just Google those titles and my name, you should be able to find them right away. There's also work I've done on corporate innovation. If you just look up my name and Capgemini, you should be able to find those reports. So I, I'm sort of saying you can help me by downloading my stuff uh, so that I can help you better. Uh, and then there, you can just follow me online. Uh, BrianSolis.com is my um, my website. And I think I'm at Brian Solis on pretty much every social platform. So come join me and let's uh, let's see what we can do together. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that all of that stuff's in the show notes because I highly recommend people following. And just one other, some of our, some of the audience are may not be on the, you know, the side of really comfortable with technology and they're trying to figure out how to come into this space without being threatened. And I just, I recommend for those of you listening that, you know, you don't have to be a techie to understand the language that Brian speaks in, in his writing. And so it's really, I highly recommend you, you taking some time to read through it and, and explore it because it shouldn't feel threatening. And there's, there's so much to be gained from really understanding the change that's happening. Do you have any other resources or any ideas for those who, who are sort of feeling that threatened environment or that, that feeling when technology is coming? Well, you know, the one thing I will say is that it's normal to feel all kinds of emotions. I think one of the way, one of the things I hadn't said along the way here is that I had become a digital anthropologist uh, in that, you know, I, I have always been in front of disruptive technology and it really was a technology story for the longest time and still is, but there's the human side of it because you're seeing so many generations come together. You have boomers who are still within the enterprise. You have Gen, Gen Y uh, now hitting the enterprise or any organization and you have Gen Z right behind them. You have Gen X in the middle there and every everybody came up a different way and they have these different sort of beliefs and behaviors and expectations and preferences and norms and you have conflict between the generations but also some some amalgamation between all of them and there's just, it, there's also this human story that has to be told as well and so it's natural to be scared, it's natural to be uh, skeptical, It's all of these things are just absolutely natural but it, we, we have a choice in what direction we move. And I think the one thing I'll just leave you with is that if you're waiting for someone to tell you what to do, you are on the wrong side of innovation. This is a time where leadership can come from anywhere and needs to come from anywhere. So well said. And actually, it's, it's interesting you talk about that generational piece, because my next book that's coming out is Digital Self-Mastery Across Generations. And it really does touch on a lot of that sort of how we relate to technology differently, but also how we can use technology to bridge the generations in the workplace and in life. So Really great to see sort of the overlaps there. Again, I just, I, I really enjoy your work and look forward to supporting you and sharing your work and hearing what people's thoughts are about it and seeing how we can make this movement really, really fly because there's no reason to be afraid and it's natural to be afraid, but change is happening and change is good. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's just going to happen. So any quick closing words? I know you. I've only got you for a short period today, but it's been such a pleasure having you here. Well, I would just say uh, just reach out. And you know, if you want to tell your story or if you want to just uh, read, read my work and let me know how it affected you or helped you, I, I would love to hear from you. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. And I look forward to your new work coming out and to digging a little deeper into the work that you're currently doing. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. And this is the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. And we'll see you next week. Bye bye for now. 
Thank you for joining us for the Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.